Hello guys, my name is Helen. And my name is Tayo, we're the Imprint Leicester interns. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're new, we would love for you to subscribe to our channel, Imprint TV, and you can also find us on Imprint Podcast. Enjoy the rest of the service. God bless. Change, you won't change.
you can give via bank transfer or at weareimprint.org give. Hello, 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 Imprint Church. Boy, is it a blessing and an honor to be here today. I hope you guys are all doing well. I hope that you uh, hope you're all truly blessed and that you've had a good week. <sighs> this is my first time, so have grace, but I'm sure that the Holy Spirit will need, do what he needs to do. Um, yeah, so we might as well just get straight into it. Um, we are continuing on the series Arise, which is talking about kingdom work, mission work, um, and more specifically today we're going to talk about let your light shine, which is talking on letting your light shine, what it means to have a light, and how we can actually allow it to shine, um, and what might be keeping us from having our light shine, and where and where it actually needs to be shone. So if you want to join me with a quick prayer before we start. Um, Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for my life and for everyone who is listening. Lord, I thank you for the words you are about to speak. Lord, let it be your words, not mine, and your strength, not mine. Lord Jesus, take control right now and just do what needs to be done. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Let's get started. We are going to be looking at Isaiah 60. Yeah, Isaiah 60. So Isaiah is um, a book to do with a man called Isaiah, a prophet called Isaiah. And when it gets to 1659, what I um, have come to understand is that these are words that he wrote previously, but at this point he is now passed. Um, yeah, so we are gonna be talking about Isaiah 60, but before we get there, we're gonna do a quick run up and look at 59. So let's start from the beginning, it says, listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear you call. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. That's pretty deep. It's a pretty deep way to start, I guess. Um, essentially, what is being said here is that when they were calling out to God and seeking for their um, prayers to be heard, I forgot to do something God was essentially coming to them and saying look it's not my weakness because I'm not weak God is 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 all powerful so every power and every amount of power you can imagine um, God has it it is not because he's deaf because God can hear but it is because of their sins that God has not um, answered their prayers it's because of their sins because of their wickedness and um, with these people, with the Israelites at this time, they were living in a life of corruption and injustice, but yet they were still blaming God. To show an extent of, of, of the wickedness they were living in, it says in verse 4 to 5, it says, No one cares about being fair and honest. The people's lawsuits are based on lies. Even the lawsuits are based on lies. They conceive evil deeds and then they give birth to sin. They hatch deadly. They hatch deadly snakes and weave spiders. Uh, so weave spiders' webs. Whoever falls into their webs dies, and there's danger even in getting near them. This shows the rate that that evil is growing. So when it talks about snakes, essentially it's saying um, they they're giving birth to 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 evil like snakes gives birth to eggs. It's like it's it's multiplying and multiplying as a snake gives birth to an egg. It's for another snake 
to grow up and to be born. Um, and in seven, it says, um, their feet run to do evil and they rush to commit murder. They think only about singing, singing, uh, sinning, not singing. Um, misery and destruction always follows them. They do not know, eight, where to find peace or what it means to be just and good. They have mapped out crooked roads and no one who follows them knows a moment's peace. These people were at a part of evil where it wasn't, you know, there's, there's, there's slipping and sliding in, in, in Christianity. There's times where you fall. There's times where you, you, you might go back to a sin or, or um, have issues here and there. But this was a, a, a continual lifestyle of sin. Their feet run to do evil. They are eager to do evil. It's something that, that they, they actually make strong efforts to get to. All they know is misery and destruction. They don't know where to find peace or what it means to be just and good. They don't even know what it means. You know, it talks about in another verse that 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 um, the people that live in the world and that people that live in darkness, even what they see to be light is darkness. That's how dark they are. And in verse eight, later on, where it says they map out crooked roads, these guys are planning it. They, they, they it's, it's so clear that it is a choice. It's a desire of theirs. It's a desire of theirs. These people, it speaks on later about how they're, they're essentially living in spiritual malnourishment. They're living off what they want, not what they need. So their spirits aren't able to be fulfilled. You know, if you live off anything but God, you will be in spiritual malnourishment. If, if you are not spending time with God and spending time in his word, and in his presence, that's when you will enter spiritual malnourishment, which will end up in, in, in depression, spiritual depression, which he talks about later on in, in chapter 60, but we will get to that. We will get to that. They cried out to the Lord and the Lord said that, um, he said in verse 15, the second half says, the Lord looked and was displeased to find there was no justice. He was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed. So he himself stepped in to save them with his strong arm and his justice sustained him. Essentially what, what he's saying here is, is God looked over Israel and was like, there's not one righteous person. There's not one man of justice that is interceding on behalf of Israel. And God was, 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 was shocked. He was amazed. And he said, I'm going to have to do this myself, you know, and I think that just shows how merciful God, God is. Even when every single one of you, even when every person in, in that, in that group, in that nation is wicked and desires planned out evil, God still says, cool, I'll take control now. I'll do the, I'll do this myself, you know, and I think that just shows a real heart of, of our, our loving father, our loving father. So just to give um, uh, that as a as a, a background of um, what sixty chapter sixty is about, let's start with verse one. Chapter sixty it says, "Arise, Jerusalem, let your light shine for all to see." Let's start with arise. I've written down here um, what it means to arise, or what it means to me to arise. So to arise is you know when you're in bed and you're sleeping and maybe your mom walks in and she whacks open the curtains early seven in the morning to get ready for school for some of you it's earlier you know 
6.45 for me, it was peak. Um, and the sunlight beams in and there's nothing but light hitting your face. And even though you were in a deep sleep, you're now awake, you've risen up, not from choice, but because of the light is so bright, you have to wake up. I think that's what it means here is that when God enters the place, when he enters with his presence and, and his light shines so bright, you have no choice but to arise, you know, and it is about entering God's presence and arising, you know, allowing yourself to be woken up by his glory, by his light. We rise from spiritual depression. It talks about an amplified version. It says that arise Jerusalem, and rise from your spiritual depression. I'm paraphrasing, but essentially it's like um, when you are asleep, we're talking spiritually, there's a slumber, there's a, a depression that is upon you. When you are not in God's presence, I don't know if some of you have noticed, but when you are lacking in God's presence and, and time in his light and in his glory, there is a, a heaviness that will start to follow you. There is an, 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 an a weight of emotion that comes above you. To go back to 59, it, it talks about in, um, just to kind of explain a bit more what it was like for them, it says, in verse nine, it says, so there is no justice among us. This is them explaining to God what, what they are like. There's no justice among us. And we know nothing about living right. We look for light, but only find darkness. We look for bright skies, but only walk in gloom. Verse 10, we grope like we grope like the blind along a wall, feeling our way like people without eyes. Even the brightest noontime we stumble as though in dark among the living dead, we are like the dead. Now with the emotional correlation, it says we are like hungry bears. We moan, we, we moan like mournful doves. That's two very different things, a hungry bear and a mournful dove. It's like one minute you're angry and you're, you're aggressive and violent and the next minute you are crying and weeping like a mournful dove. You know, something I found out, it's a weird fact, full of them, um, is that um, doves only have one mating partner. And once that one partner does, all they do, uh, dies, all they do is cry. They mourn. They just make this noise for the rest of their life until they die. And some of them even die from depression, you know? Um, and I just think sometimes it can speak for us. I know for myself when I'm lacking in time, um, lacking time with God and, and in his presence and in his word for myself, I see the same thing. My emotions are all over the place. When I'm hungry, I'm here. When I'm thirsty, I'm there. When I'm tired, I'm wherever. You know, there's no stability in my emotion. And I think that that's what is being mentioned here it says uh let's go back to 60 verse 1 it says arise jerusalem let your light shine let your light shine let your light shine actually sorry let me go back to arise let me go back to arise what happens when you rise so for me when i was thinking about this i was thinking oh it's like rising in the morning what do you do when you rise in the morning you wake up you pray you should spend time with god obviously not for everyone it's not always in the morning but you spend time with god and god is able to give you that perspective it's give you that perspective that that um that changes the way that you see life it enables you to to receive healing you know and it changes the tra the, the the atmosphere of your heart you know it's like when you are when you're in a social um like the other day 
even yesterday actually we were at um this place this place called blues kitchen and there were certain people that walked in and the whole place lit up hey it's Devonte! shout out to Devonte! it's Devonte! or you know it's your channel it's this or it's that and it's like there there is a presence that follows these people you know that when they enter there is excitement everybody rises you know um that's what it's like with god when he enters when his presence comes when you feel him come upon you there is a rising that you have to wake up like with the curtains opening when the curtains open you're up you are up because the light is in the room and there's no way you can sleep and hide in darkness when the light is there you know it talks about um i was reading that um it was a funny thing this guy was basically saying that um darkness can't battle the light once a light has turned on you never turn on your light switch and you see back and forth your light trying to to defeat the darkness once it's on it's on depending on where you shine it yes there'll be shadows and whatnot but once the light is on it's on you know let's carry on to verse two you now become a giver of light so you have faith you have faith you have faith okay so arise jerusalem let your light shine for all to see for the glory of the lord rises to shine on you darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth but the glory of the lord rises and appears over you let's get into that one so in verse one we talked about how you receive light you receive light when you rise you receive it light enters you you, you rise up from that slumber out of that that depression that that spiritual depression out of that spiritual slumber and you're now awake you're you're awake in god's presence you are now seeing his his revelation and, and deep getting his understanding and you're taking him in and verse 2 essentially says that darkness um as black as night covers all the nations of the earth everywhere there's nowhere without darkness darkness as dark as black but the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. Now, for me, what that was saying is there is darkness everywhere in this world. Everywhere in this world. There, this, this world is ridden with evil, with evil. But over you, the glory of the Lord will shine in a sense that you will not be overcome with that depression anymore as long as you are in his presence if you are seeing or feeling like a heaviness or a darkness over yourself i think it comes to a place where you have to question yourself am i spending time in his presence is that the reason why is it because i'm malnourished spiritually malnourished people that shine are so filled with the perspective of god their hope and love and grace shines from them in such a way that is similar to Moses' face. So there's a story in the Bible where it talks about how Moses went up the mount and met with God and he was so close to God and so um, close to his, his physical tangible presence that God had to cover him so that he didn't die. He says any man who sees God's face will die in the flesh. And he spent so much time intimately in God's physical presence. And there was so much glory that was shone on, on Moses that when he came down, his face was glowing so bright that he was told to cover his face. 
Now, nowadays, it's not often that we're going to go up to the mountain. Maybe if you're ST, you know, you'd be taking regular trips up the mountain. But for the majority of us, we're not going up the mountain and having God cover our face because of the fact that we're in such a depth of his glory. But it doesn't mean that we can't experience his glory. It's just different. Essentially, what is the shine for us? Like, how, how can we understand that? Most of us, I've never personally seen someone coming and their, their, their face is shining, literally shining with light. But there is a different kind of shine. You know, I think for me, a shine is, 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 is a, a characteristic. You know, you can shine with peace. You can shine with love, with generosity, even just with joy, with a smile. Their smile can bring someone to you and attract them to you in a way that they want to ask, what is this? What is it that is making you smile in such a way? What is it that is bringing you such deep joy? You know, um, we are called to 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 reflect reflect God's glory, allow it to shine upon us, so that it will reflect, and that people will be attracted to us, that they might come and seek to 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 glorify God, because of the characteristics that God has put in us. We are called to be a thermostat in environments that 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 when we are going into places. Um, social places or work or university or the zoom calls that we're constantly on nowadays that we are not coming and sensing the mood and going okay everyone's a bit down or they're a bit like this okay let me just fit in let me let me come down as well let me reduce my joy or people are starting to gossip and being angry let me join yeah 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 angry angry gossiping that's not shining because like that's not shining his glory you know it's about coming into those atmospheres and bringing the presence of god bringing God's glory, because God's glory essentially dwells in his presence. And it's about bringing that presence of you, it's about allowing that fragrance of Christ to follow you. So that when you enter these places, you enter these atmospheres, that things change. There is a change. Examples of darkness in this world might be for me personally i would say twitter is a dark place or it can be a dark place um there's a lot of times where i have to delete twitter because of um just you'll see people tweet something and then the response that they will receive will be them getting ripped apart you know there's no mercy and there's no grace in the land of twitter you know um for for yourself it might be a different thing you know, the, the, a place of darkness might be a workplace. You know, I remember for me when I was back at, um, shout out to Carphone Warehouse when I was working there, um, it was a place of darkness. You know, with my, with my manager and, and my, um, my colleagues, it was just gossip all the time, gossip and arguing. There'd be times where I'd come into work and, 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 and doors were being slammed during working hours and managers were screaming and things were just turning to chaos. And for me, there was, a, there was a decision of when people are coming to me and they're gossiping and they're whispering in my ear about this person and that person, what do I do? Do I join in? Because some of that stuff is, 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 is interesting. And you know what I'm talking about. It's interesting and, and there's, a, there's, a, there's a temptation to, to join that and to jump on that bandwagon and be like, oh yeah, Stacey, yeah, she's been up to this and I heard da 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 Or to be the thermostat, not the thermometer. And to come like, no, I don't think we should really talk about her that way. You know, oh no, Stacey, she, she's a good person. Let's, let's give her the benefit of the doubt. 
you know let's have grace showing them the ways of the lord because with a lot of us or for let me not speak on your behalf even just on my behalf it's like it's so easy to be gracious and loving and joyful and peaceful around your christian friends but it's not so easy when we are in the world let's go on to, to verse 3 it says um all nations will come to your light all nations will come to your light. People will be drawn to you because of your light. You know, the same way that when you are making friends with people, there's always that, that one person you might feel more inclined to. You know, there's people of generosity and love and of peace. You know, for myself, I'm sometimes I feel like an old man. Um, I don't really like loud environments and stuff like that, um, or loads of shouting and stuff. And I will generally be drawn to the people that are quieter, the people that carry that peace. Or I'm not really into the whole gossip or um, like into hanging out with like angry people, I would generally be drawn to the calmer person or the person that talks encouragement rather than the person that talks um, gossip. And I think it's just a real example of, of what the world is like too. They will be drawn to us because of these qualities, because of these characteristics, they'll desire to spend time with us and not just spend time, but also they'll be asking for advice asking for advice and, and, and desiring to know more about why we are the way that we are. You know, what is it about us? What is it that allows us to be something that I get told a lot is, oh, you're so calm, you're so calm, you're so relaxed. You know, I've got a million things going on, but you're so calm. I can assure you it's not me. There's been a lot of times because of the nature of my relationship with God that there have been situations where I'm, I'm ready to throw tables. You know, I'm ready to, to say words that shouldn't be said and to do things that shouldn't be done. But there's that, that calm, still voice in my ear that says, no. No. And, and, and I'm encouraged in the ways of the Lord. You know, he speaks to me and, and he tells me what I should rather be doing in that situation. You know, and, and a lot of the times it's a thing where, yes, you have to take that deep breath. And yes, you have to hold back and, 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 and really hold firm trusting in those words because you will believe that your way will be be better but i can assure you the truth is that his ways will always prevail among your above yours um all, all back to verse three all nations will come to your light mighty kings will come to see your radiance mighty kings will come to see your radiance mighty kings will come to see your radiance does it mean that that Queen Victoria, I think her name is, does that mean that she's going to now be coming to, to, to your house? No. What I believe it means is that when it comes to working with people of power, you have more favour. Sometimes it's just like, I remember hearing stories from Devontae and from Joelle um, about favour that they, they experienced with their bosses. You know, there was there was things that they had done and, and I can't remember exactly what it was completely, but they, they received favour among people of power. It's not always necessarily mighty kings, but I think in this, for us on, on a more personal level, it can be people of power. Maybe it would be our, our, um, our, our manager. You know, to everyone else, they're so rude and, and, and they don't give time off and whatnot. But because you are so joyful, you're so peaceful and you're such a blessing to have around, they will have extra grace on you and they'll have favour among you, you know. Um, and just things like that. Not, not to speak that, that, that you'll now, you know, have favour and be able to meet Donald Trump and whatnot and different things. But 
even on a smaller scale, even on a more personal, intimate level, you will see the hand of favor among people of power, people of authority. Let's go to Matthew 15. <laughs> there we go. Matthew 15, uh, whoa, Matthew 5, sorry, verse 14. So happens when you have paper Bibles. I know you guys are scrolling on your mobile right now, so stop laughing at me. I have a paper Bible in my hands. So Matthew 5, verse 14 says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Let's stop there. A lot of the times we live in a way that people would think that you are the light of the church. That is not the truth. We are light of the world. And a lot of the times, uh, the reason why I say this is because we are, we are going and we are preaching what we have learned and the goodness of God to our friends in church, which is good. But there's an importance to let people outside of the church know. You know, it's being the light of the world. It's like having um, a bowl of salt and then having salt and then pouring salt into the salt. Does that make sense? There's enough salt in the bowl. You know, it's about when you have the salt, the salt goes on the lasagna or it goes on the chicken or it goes on your chips. You know, it's where is it appropriate for it to go? Is it necessary? Do you really need it? You know, could you be taking more time out of, of fellowshipping with church friends, which is good, I'm not discouraging that, but can you take more time out of that to spend time of it, of, with people in the world to be showing them this salt, to be showing them this light, this light that God has given you, the joy, the peace, you know, the, because you know the, the peace of a righteous man can heal a man's anxiety. The peace of a righteous man can heal a man's anxieties. Peaceful words can heal a man's anxieties. I'm looking at the time and I'm feeling like ST right now, I'm getting hot. Time is ticking, I've only got a couple minutes left, but um, we are the light of the church. We are not the light of the world. It says you are the light of the world. No, sorry, we are the light of the world, not the light of the church. We are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. We are placed high so that we are not hidden. So that we are not hidden. We must intentionally put ourselves in places so that we are not hidden. When we're around people of the world, we need to intentionally position ourselves and talk to those people. Maybe you know your friend Luke is dealing with depression, battling with anxiety, you know, dealing with self-harm. Let me hang out with him. Luke, oh, how do you feel about going to Nando's? You know, intentionally placing ourselves into these positions. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Something I learned about lamps is the lamp they're talking about is back in the day is an oil lamp, which means it needs oil, the fuel, needs the wick, which is the, the thing that you light, and it needs air. And in this it's like, um, when you put the bowl over it, you put a bowl over a lamp to, to, to kill it so it dies. If you put a bowl over it, you can't get air. It's like, um, when we're hanging with our friends, hearing con convicting words from the Lord, telling do this, do that, talk to that person, spread this. To ignore that is like putting a bowl over your, 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 your lamp. Your fire will die. People will miss the light. Instead of intentionally taking that bowl off or not putting it on in the first place and standing yourself right in the right place for a lamp, which would be in the middle of the room for yourself, it might not be so. It might be with that one person intentionally going out and having that meal or that conversation. 
To continue, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Are you available? Are you available for, for, for people to reach you, the people that need you to access you? Do they know? Are you, are you, you know, in, 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 with a light being in the middle of the room, you know it's there, you can see it's giving light to everybody. You know, if you're in a dark room and you look through the door, you can come in, you can be in the light. But if the light is in the corner with a, with a, with a basket over it, you know, even if you're in the room, you might not know that the light is, is there, accessible to be used. So it's like, do people know that you are generous? There's people that you know that are struggling with financial issues and they don't know that you're generous. They don't know you have money. They, you know, move on to another subject. Do, do you know that, um, do people know that you're peaceful? Or do they always see you ranting and being angry because everyone else is being angry? Do they know that you're actually someone that keeps secrets or do they hear you gossip because everyone else is gossiping? This goes back to the thing of, are you a thermostat or a thermometer? What do people know you as? Do they know that you're accessible? Can they see that you are accessible and ready? You know? It's all about intentional positioning. Be intentional with your positioning. Be intentional with your positioning. If you didn't say you're a Christian, would your friends know? And I'm not saying your church friends, your workmates, your colleagues, your boss, would they know that you're a Christian? Your, the other students on your course, would they know? Without saying, oh, I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus. Would they know from your light, from your soul? Would they be able to taste it? Would they understand that you are a Christian? A reason to hide your life for people to not know that maybe you are a Christian would be because um, potentially a lack of confidence is it a thing that you lack of confidence in your faith or is it because you want to fit in to feel a part of a group you know and you don't want to kind of open up in a way that kind of shows your light and shows that really you're a loving person you know because I, something I've seen I've even seen for myself and I always say to my friends be careful who you hang with because you will become like the majority you know, is that is that why? Because you hang with the majority of people that are, are non-Christians, that that's why that they don't know you're Christian? Or are you bold in that? Because I'm not saying that you can't hang with the majority and still be bold and shine your light. You can, but you have to be intentional in that. You know, going through it prayerfully. Is it because you desire acceptance from those people when you go to work and people are, are gossiping about this person and whatnot? Is it because you're worried that if your boss pulls you for a conversation to talk about a certain person in a certain way, that you're worried if you don't um, join in with that kind of conversation that you will be rejected? You know, these, these are just a, a few ways that I've come across. These are just a few things that I've come across. So from Genesis 18 verse... 20. So the Lord told Abraham, I've heard a great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah because their sin is so flagrant. I'm going to go down and to see if the actions are as wicked as I have heard. If not, I want to know. The other men had turned and headed towards Sodom, but the Lord remained with Abraham. Abraham approached him and said, we sweep away both the righteous and the wicked. Supposedly you find 50 righteous people in the city Will you sweep it away and not spare it for their sakes? The whole city. Surely you wouldn't do such a thing, destroying the righteous along with the wicked. And why would you be treating the righteous and the wicked exactly the same? Surely you wouldn't do that. Should not the judge of all the earth do what is right? And the Lord replied, if I find 50 
righteous people in Sodom, I will spare the entire city for their sake. Then Abraham spoke again, since I have begun, let me speak further to my Lord, even though I am but dust and ashes. Suppose that there are only 45 people rather than 50. Will you destroy the city for a lack of five? The Lord said, I will not destroy it if I find 45. And it goes on and he says 40. And then he says, I will not destroy it for the sake of 14. He says, 13. The Lord says, I will not destroy it for the sake of 13. He says, how about 20? The Lord says, I won't destroy it for the sake of 20. And then finally, Abraham said, Lord, please don't be angry with me if I speak more time. Suppose it only one ten are found there. The Lord said, I will not destroy it for the sake of the 10. Later on, um, it goes on. And essentially, the point of why I, why I was reading that, essentially the point of why I was reading that was um, it only takes one to intercede on behalf of a nation. You know, I feel like a lot of the reasons why we don't allow ourselves to shine in different areas, especially in prayer, is because we feel like we can't do it. We feel like that um, the responsibility is too heavy and that the prayer that we pray won't be powerful it won't make a difference it won't change anything it's a lie it's a lie god listens and he will answer it only takes one to intercede that prayer could be the light there could be someone in your workplace or someone at school or university that is is dealing with something is struggling with something financially or or with anxiety depression or a, an illness or a family member of theirs or whatever you might not have the answer the solution or the money but you have the prayer of a righteous man. It says in the Bible, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It does a lot, it's powerful. Don't forget that. It is powerful, it is powerful. So Lord, right now, I just wanna pray over everyone in this, in, in, in this service right now, and I just declare boldness. Give them an understanding of their light, Lord, and how it can shine, Lord Jesus. Let them know you to be a God that gives out blessings, Lord. Let them know you to be a God that, that gives out authority in the name of Jesus. Give them the right understanding of their light and how to shine. Lord, let them rise, Lord, those who are in, in spiritual slumber, Lord. Let them rise and be awake, Lord, and be attentive to your call, to your word. Lord, let them step out of the sin that is hindering them. your answers to them, Lord Jesus. Let them become... Lord, children that, that love doing what is right, love doing your will, Lord Jesus. Teach them graciously and let them see mercy and favour upon their life. It was an honour and a pleasure. I just pray that from this um, you were touched and that God spoke to you. Um, have a good week. God bless. We are now going to enter into a time of worship. And if anything in the sermon stuck out to you or you'd like prayer for anything at all, don't hesitate to contact us. We would love to pray for you. And if you're new to faith or would like to give your life to Jesus, we'd love to pray or answer any questions you might have. So join us now by clicking on the link in the description box below. You can also send us any prayer requests by DMing any of our social media accounts. And we are always praying for you, family.
Abraham, you're the God of covenant, your faithful promises. Time and time again, you have proven, you do just what you said. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast and let my heart learn when we speak a word, it will come to me.
the end of our service, but before you go, we have a virtual prayer team who would love to pray for you. So if you have any prayer requests, please access the link below. And if you're new to the faith and would love to give your life to Christ, or just possibly find out more about Jesus, please find us at weareimprint.org and someone on our team would love to get connected with you. Lastly, we have post-church mingle for those who would love to get to know the community a little bit more. So to fellowship with us, please access the Zoom link below. Have a great week guys, we'll see you next week. God bless.